Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Dina Calmetti here and Susan Davis with Jesus 24-7. And today we're going to talk about the difference between the Bride of Christ and the lukewarm church. Isn't that right, Susan? That's right, Dina. So this is a very interesting topic. Do you want to tell, tell us more about it? Well, uh, yes. God put it on my heart a while back to do a document And it was basically the understanding between what is the partially full oil lamp virgin, also known as the lukewarm Christian, versus the full oil lamp virgin, also known as the Bride of Christ, in the Matthew 25 parable that is the famous virgins, the ten virgins parable. Mm-hmm. I set out to do this document, and I, I, I don't know how to explain it, except I just wrote it out. It was very easy to write this all out, and I didn't take any time. And the Lord put all the scriptures on my heart, and so I have put this out to a lot of people. And I think it helps people understand better that there is a difference between these two types of virgins and oil lamps. And this is a pretty good, you know, description of what little uh, nuances between the two types of followers, or I guess is the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so today on this show, we're going to talk about this. We're going to go into detail. And because of the length of the document, this is a two-part series that we're doing. Great, great. Yeah. With that said, we can go ahead and get started on this. So the first definition is just very basic to kind of kick this off. And we'll take a look at the partially full oil lamp. Virgin, we would classify as a lukewarm Christian. And we see this in Revelation 3, 16. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither hot, cold, nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, is the scripture. Now, the alternative full oil lamp virgin is also known as the bride of christ and we see this in ephesians 5:27 that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish so i can just picture this you know the beautiful bride of christ with no spot no wrinkle you know no blemish and then the lukewarm church standing right next to her you know dirty wedding gown uh mm-hmm. you know uh torn and ragged you know i i i wonder what goes through the mind of god when he looks mm-hmm. at you know the bride of christ compared to the lukewarm church it has to break mm-hmm. his heart right right and you can get a real good understanding on this if you also go back to our complete series of the study we did on the song of solomon which was you know an eight eight chapter series and that was more of a picture of god's love for this bride of christ yes that's an excellent excellent uh series for you guys to go check out certainly Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm So let's move forward, and the next one is the half-full oil lamp virgin never pursues the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we find this in Matthew 25, 3. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, and 
the opposite of that is the full oil lamp who does pursue baptism of Holy Spirit, and that scripture can be found Matthew 25, 4, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the full surrender to the Lord, and, you know, thereby they would receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. And so you have to make a full surrender in order to get the filling of the Holy Spirit, because basically you have to empty that lamp of the world in order to make room for the Holy Spirit to come into his fullness. And so that can only be done by permission and surrender and giving yourself over to the Lord. And then he takes it from there. He's the one that fills you, but you have to give him permission because he's a gentleman and he would not force his ways and views on anybody. But that's the amazing thing about God. He's not tyrannical. He is very much, you know, free will, free choice. Like I said, the alternative to that, the full oil lamp had pursued this baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the full oil lamp, because by surrender, they have chosen to lay their life down and allow the Lord to come in and run their life fully. And that's what that means exactly. Amen. Amen. Okay, we can take a look at this partially filled oil lamp virgin. When we see that they do not have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the Bible is hard to read and stay with. And we see that in Revelation 3.18. And it says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. And so our alternative with the full oil lamp virgin is the Bible comes to life through the Holy Spirit eyesalve, and actually the same scripture applies in this case as the one previously. So we can just look at that same scripture. <laughs> it's either it's the haves and the have-nots, basically, in that situation. And you know, for those that find that the Bible is hard to understand, and you know, you don't choose to uh, study to show yourself approved, you're missing out on incredible, you know, uh, words that the Lord may have for you on any given day. You know, all of us, yeah, all of us go through really, really hard times. And, you know, part of uh, his ministry to us, his communication to us is through his word. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and plus, if you don't have it in your spirit, then when you are going through those hard times, it's going to be very difficult to remember those verses because you didn't, you know, fill yourself up. Again, the filling of the Holy Spirit. You need his word, you know, like, uh-huh. you know, Jesus said that um, he is the word, you know, and if you don't right. have the That's word, right. yeah, and, and it's like bread for us, you know, so mm-hmm. um, right. without, put it this way, if your gas is on empty, it ain't going anywhere, right? So right. if right. you're not filled up with the word and with prayer, you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you've got to have the fuel. we need that spiritual fuel and we need to abide in the vine and without abiding in the vine we're dead in the water so to speak that's right And the bible bible even likens it to the person that without this is you know they're even dying you know 
and it's very clear. Something else to think about, too. The Bible is alive. It's not a normal book that you put on your bookshelf and say, oh, you know, whatever. No, this is a a book that is alive because it's the Holy Spirit that is speaking to you through this book. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and so it comes alive and um, and you're missing out. If you have it on your shelf, you need to dust it off and open it up and ask the Holy Spirit for help. And he will help you understand it. Right. The Bible is the inspired word of God throughout. And it's essentially Jesus is the living word of God. And so it's alive supernaturally, which is a little hard for people to, you know, grasp and understand. But once you start getting into it through surrender and submission to the Lord, you begin to understand more clearly how this document really works. Amen. Okay, so we'll take a look at our next one up, and it is for the partially filled lamp has a form of godliness but denies the power thereof. And we can see this in Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.5 says, Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Now, in contrast, the full oil lamp church has the evidence of the Spirit within the persons through spiritual gifts. And let's take a look at Acts 19.6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So the difference is we've got a church here that's lukewarm. It does not have relationship. It has religion. That's the form of godliness. And if there were relationship involved, there would be surrender. And if there were surrender involved, there would be the power. Uh, but because they refuse to make that surrender, because they're still clinging to the world, then they, they do not have power that goes with the full surrender. And the scripture says, from such turn away. So the Bible says when people are, you know, being religious— but doing it outside of the power of the Holy Spirit, then we need to avoid them as Christians. We need to walk away. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, you receive spiritual gifts. And that's apparent here in Acts 19.6, what I just read about Paul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so there's two different types of Christians. There's the Christians who have religion, and there's Christians who have an actual relationship with the Lord. They know the God of the religion in a relational way. Amen. And the other group, they just practice a road to religion and have no relationship. And there's a big difference, a huge difference. Well, and, the Bible is yeah. true. You'll know them by their fruits. Right, exactly. And nobody's going to have a relationship with God without making a full submission to him. That would be impossible. And so you'll find that if you're pursuing the Lord towards a relationship, you will get to the point where you have to make a full commitment, a full surrender. Amen. And the Lord wants us to do that because he knows how evil the world is. And for us to be fence sitters, it's very dangerous to have a sort of relationship with the Lord and not a full relationship because that sort of relationship or or that sort of religion is not going to get you anywhere when you face the Lord. He will tell you to depart from him and call you a worker of iniquity. (laughs) And we see that in Matthew 7. And check that scripture out. Um, But 
let us move forward to the next point of the partially filled lamp virgin follows traditions of men. And the scripture is Galatians 1.14. And profited in the Jews' religion above many, my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Okay, right there, that's Paul talking about his former situation. He was zealous in the traditions of men, but he did not know the God of, his, of the religion. And that's exactly where these lukewarm, partially filled virgins lie. And the alternative to that is the full oil lamp. And let's take a look. It says here, follows the teaching of the Holy Spirit. The scripture that supports that is in 1 Corinthians 2.13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And so what are the spiritual things that are being compared? They are the spiritual gifts. And God gives the gifts, and they are everything from interpretation of tongues to tongues, healing, dreams, visions, and all of those things, prophecy, all of that kind of thing, works of wonder, uh, words of wisdom. These are all classified as spiritual things. And so when you move into a full surrender, submission with the Lord, he's the one that gives the gifts. You don't give them to yourself. You don't give yourself a gift. But when he takes you on as fully his through submission, he starts to give gifts to people as he sees fit. And when you receive these gifts, then they are utilized in here the teaching of the Holy Spirit of the Word of God by comparing these things with each other. And we can provide more information on this through prior videos that we've done. You know, we go into more detail about this teaching, and we can provide that below as well. Absolutely. Okay, our next point coming up is about the half-full oil lamp virgin, and she seeks self-will, or the enemy's will, if you will. And so John 8, 44 is our scripture here. It says, ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And then let's go on with the next one, which is the full oil lamp is fully in the will of God by surrender, of course. And we see this in John 5.30. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. And oh, by the way, that's Jesus Christ talking there, Dina. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is a powerful point, that if Jesus came into this world and did not his own will, but the will of the Father who sent him, how much more do we need to be in the will of the Father as Jesus was? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's a really vital point right there. So you can... If you operate in your own will, apart from a surrender to the Lord, then you're basically running against the kingdom of God. Not a good place to be at all. So this is something people really need to get a hold of and consider, right? That's right. 
Yeah. Use Jesus as your example to follow you mm-hmm. guys. But yeah, we need to start walking in his will and start saying your will, Father, and not my own. Because it's so easy to, you know, we're human. So it's easy to be selfish because we've got that natural sin nature. But yeah. um, God can we give us. We can buy it naturally, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, ask him for the fruits of the spirit, you know, in mm-hmm. Galatians chapter five. And, and um, he'll... He will help you. If you are, if you have a teachable spirit and you truly want to surrender and walk, walk the walk, you know, not just talk it, God will help you. If you want to walk on that narrow road, he will help you to do that. Okay. Our next half full oil lamp says they're not interested in the Lord's return in Second Peter 3, 4 and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And the contrast of that with the full oil lamp is they're watching, they're waiting and excited for the Lord's return. And Second Timothy 4, 8 says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And I just like to uh, just quickly address this, that a lot of people don't know this, but watching gives you a crown of righteousness, one of the crowns. And so why would it be righteousness? Because people who are actively watching for the Lord, believing that he could come at any moment, are ready people they they are the ones that are working on their robes to prepare them because they have a reason for it they're not just doing it for any reason they're they're making preparation to be ready because they are watching and they love his appearing and so this is why they would receive a crown of righteousness and then the contrast of that was the half full lamp is they don't care (laughs) you try to tell them hey, the Lord's coming back. It's like, hey, not for me. I'm going to be here 10 or 20 years from now. Well, you don't know that, right? Yeah. You don't know that. (laughs) Or they're more concerned with what is happening in the world. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't want to let go. You know, we are called to let go of the world, to hate the world. Right. Yeah, to be set Amen. apart. All right. Well, let's look at half full oil lamp is interested in works and approval of others. Matthew 23, 5. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their philosophies and l- enlarge the borders of their garments. So I don't know if I pronounced that word right, but... Anyway, our opposite, the full oil lamp, understands salvation as a free gift. You can't work for it. And we see this in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 4. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This is where we talk about grace. And so I'll mention real quick that the lukewarm church is not saved by grace, unless they surrender their life over to the Lord. Because once they surrender their life over to the Lord is when they receive the grace to walk as the disciples under his full leadership. And so what happens is a lot of people abuse this grace they talk about, and they think the grace is about what you receive as you attempt to move away from the Lord by pursuing the world. And that 
is not going to work because if that's what you're involved in, you're going to be spewed out. If you face God in a lukewarm state and you're actively pursuing the world, you will be spewed out. And that's not grace, Dina. No, it's not. As long as you have a full oil lamp through surrender and you are continually moving toward the Lord, yeah, there's going to be some setbacks in the beginning and and throughout that time, and God knows that, and that's where the grace comes in, okay? So see the difference? Makes perfect sense. Right, right, but not to everybody. They abuse the grace, and they want to utilize it to pursue the world, and God doesn't play like that, you know? He doesn't take second fiddle to anyone or anything. You know, I often talk about this as being, you know, how much can we get away with and still be called a Christian? I think that's their mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. And we, you can't do that. You can't operate like that. Okay, so our next point is the half-full oil lamp works for salvation. So Matthew seven twenty two twenty three says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And that's Jesus speaking to them there. And then the full oil lamp says they work because of salvation. And Romans 7, 4 says, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Amen. Yeah. And so you see the difference there, Dina? I do. I do. Um, Working for salvation. In other words, you know, if I do all of this... uh, I'm going to make it to heaven. But not only that, you know, you have this laundry list of all the wonderful things that you've done. And you're going to be like, hey, God, but I did this, 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 and this. And God's going to say, no, you know, um, I never knew you. You didn't spend time with me. You didn't take a walk with me. You didn't confess to me, you know, your, your, uh, your sins, your deep, dark sins that you think are hidden from me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, nothing, we can hide nothing from God. And the right. the works, you know, all these works are not going to make up for repentance. No, and turn not, away. Not even. You not know, even. Um, you could do all of these wonderful things, but if you're holding a grudge against your spouse, or your brother, or your sister, mm-hmm. or any mm-hmm. anybody, th- Jesus said that if um, you don't forgive them, I'm not going to forgive you. No, you're not going to make the cut into heaven. And, right. you know, on the other hand, the full oil lamp, you know, uh, what, what we are doing is because of salvation. Because, right. You know, um, well, I'll let you explain that, Susan. Well, right. I mean, faith without works is dead, the Bible says. And the reason it says that is that if we make the full surrender and you don't see fruit then this is a faithless person. And without faith, we're dead in the water. And so the Lord, he doesn't just save us so that on that day when he comes back, we're good to go. He saves us to live this life as a Christian and to produce fruit. Amen. Okay, so what is that fruit? You know, it's those uh, wonderful Holy Spirit things like uh, kindness and long-suffering and a whole variety of uh, Patience. 
patience, love, yeah, all these things. So that's sort of the difference there. Okay, let's take a look at our half oil lamp fights sin with the flesh and frustration. Okay, and Galatians 6, 8 says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And the full oil lamp, by comparison, fights sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, we look at Galatians 5, 24, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And so right here we're seeing two different people. We're seeing the lukewarm just struggling with sin and repenting and then going back to the sin and that bad cycle. And the only way to break that cycle, Dina, is for the person to make that full surrender, to give their self over to the Lord. Then he comes in and he's like this force. And you can't even get this or understand it until you get ready to make this decision. But once you move into that power, it's a whole different game, right? That's right. That's right. Too often we're trying to deliver ourselves from sins and um, until we make that surrender to him. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to do it. And he does come in like a Holy Spirit fire. Mm-hmm. and burns away all the bad, all the bad habits, all the yucky stuff in your life and in your heart. Mm-hmm. The dross, the dross, yeah. right. He, he wants to clean out what's in your heart. Sometimes he does that first too, Susan, I've noticed. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. He'll, he'll clean out the inside, you know, of somebody. Um, mm-hmm. And then later on, he'll work on the outside stuff. Well, I can give you a little clue on how he does this exactly. And uh, he's got a couple methods that he uses. And number one, he lets you know who's boss. <laughs> yes, and he, he lets you know pretty soon in the game, you know, that you're not just dealing with just anybody, that he is God Almighty. So he's a disciplinarian. Now, he's not an abusive father, and he's not a tormentor. So if you're experiencing that, you're dealing with the devil who's posing as God. But uh, the other point is he's a very loving father. So just like the father we all want, right? We want, we want a father who's going to stop us from harming ourselves. But we also love that father who we know that what he's doing is for our own good out of love and pure love. And when we get to know him in a love, close, intimate relationship, which is what he wants, then when we go to reach for that you know, sin button and push that sin button, it's not so easy anymore because before, oh yeah, let's get here, push the button, boom, 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 you know, and uh, when you are under the direction of the Holy Spirit, it's like, wow, wait, no, uh, I don't think I want to push that button because number one, I don't want to hurt the one I love. And number two, I know I don't want to put myself in jeopardy in this relationship. So it's very serious, but he does it through the power of love and respect. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding, the Bible says. Praise God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. We want to keep this moving. So we'll take a look at our next half full oil lamp. We'll attend a lukewarm church. So let's take a look. That's 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The full oil lamp, the opposite, a church that welcomed the move of the Holy Spirit. 
So we see 1 Corinthians 2.10, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. And I just want to say that there's a big difference in churches nowadays, uh, more so than they've ever been. So many of the churches do not embrace or want moves of the Holy Spirit. Dina? That's very true. And I have, when I went church hunting with my husband, Mm -hmm. I would go into Mm -hmm. these different churches and I could feel almost immediately if um, they were working in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. feel it. And then, of course, when I sat through the sermon, I would definitely know. <laughs> you can right. tell the difference, you know, um, by the worship and um, even if they spoke about those gifts, too. Some of them mm-hmm. don't even believe in them. Some of them don't even think that uh, healings and prophesying and hearing from God or, you know, speaking in tongues is even real or it's even for this age. They think all that's well, gone. Right. Well, right. Those are religious spirits, and there's a difference. But in, from my own experience, you know, sometimes it can take a, a, a longer period of time than others to determine where, you know, what's going on within that church. So here's my experience with this. I've been to many churches over the past seven or eight years, and I have to say that, sadly, many of these churches, although I spent some time at some of them and others not so much, there was a lot of things going on with the church that they were not operating in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Like, I went to a church one time that was very much into deliverance ministry, which I'm good with. I'm good with that. But then they were really big in prosperity gospel, and they didn't believe that the Lord was coming soon. So there was no urgency in them and i found that to be a problem and then i went to i've gone to a church where boy they were all over the idea that the lord was coming back they were big on prophecy and how that related to what was going on in the world but boy if you asked any of them to surrender to be filled with the holy spirit no way none of them had any interest in that and so these are real problems these are real problems and you cannot stay in a church that is uh, not operating in the fullness of the holy spirit you can say that you will try but eventually it will catch up to you that you're not going to be on the same page with these people because the lord is calling you to be set apart from the lukewarm condition and if you continue in a church that's lukewarm It's going to affect your walk, and you're going to know it. And so the Lord calls us to be set apart. He calls us to leave a situation if it is not healthy and not, you know, adding to your growth as a Christian. It's taking from. And so many churches now are, you know, even toxic in their lack of interest in moves of the spirit and the holy spirit without the holy spirit you might as well go home there's just nothing going on there okay (laughs) yeah that's the truth that is the truth Mm -hmm. okay so let's take a look at our next half full oil lamp christianity is about religion and Isaiah twenty nine thirteen says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. The balance of that, the full oil lamp Christianity is about relationship. 
And Matthew 7, 23 states it, saying, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew ye. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. This was the words of Jesus. And so basically what's being said in Matthew 7, 23 is Jesus is saying, I never knew you. He's saying, I was never intimate with you. You never met me in the secret place. You didn't call on me. We didn't have a close relationship. And uh, I, I think so many people today think that they can get around that. And it's kind of a ridiculous notion, Dina, because it's like, just imagine, if you will, somebody lives their whole life in this lukewarm state where they barely consult, talk with, or are counseled by, or, you know, friends with God. And I think they think that someday, oh, well, they're going to go up and be with God and spend eternity with them, but they don't need him here for some reason. They, they don't want that relationship in this life. And it's like, well, the next life is going to be all about that. <laughs> what, what is so hard to get here, you know? And they're so missing out. They're so missing out um, because in order to have a complete full life, you have to have Jesus. He's got to be a part of it. He's got to be a part of your marriage. He's got to be a part of your work life. He's got to be a part of your life, period. And if you're Mm -hmm. waiting, you know, until, you know, uh, you think you're going to make it to heaven. No, 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 no. Because he just said, I never knew you. You never Mm -hmm. bothered to spend time with me. You know, think about it. I don't know who has children in the audience that's watching this. But Uh um, say you have a child, and that child left home, 18, never called, calls once a week, not even once a week, once a month, or when they need something, hey, ma or pa, can you please help me here, you know? And then they disappear again. You know, um, that's lukewarm, you know, and it's, it's, you miss them. You, You miss your children, right? You want to spend more time with them. Well, how much... More would God. I mean, God, he pictures you. He can see you when you're sleeping. He can see you when you're driving to work. He can see you when Uh you're having dinner with your family and hanging out. And he can see all of this. And meanwhile, there's a lot of us out there that are ignoring him. Uh Uh You know, and he can see this. And I'm sure it has to break his heart. Well, and right now there's so many dead churches. I mean, you go in them and honestly, they have a rote type relationship with the Lord. You could sit in the pew and you could go, okay, right now we're going to do the doxology. Okay, then there's going to be it. You know, it's just really rote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's not what God wants at all. What he, Not that he doesn't want order, but he wants people who are worshipful and enthusiast and sharing their testimonies and praying over people because these are really hard times you know and if you're just going to a cold religious experience you're not gonna you're not gonna see the holy spirit or god there that's that is the work of men that is not the work of god that's right Okay, our next half-full oil lamp seeks God once or twice a week at church, and that's Matthew seven twenty-three. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And then our full oil lamp walks with God every day as a constant companion. And we can see this with James 4, 8. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Okay, so this is a little bit of an extension of the last one we talked about. Basically, I think what we've got here is 
the partially full oil lamp church, they are creating a root situation for themselves with God in that they have compartmentalized God to his God box in their life. Okay, they've got their career box, they've got their kid box, <laughs> they've got their spouse box, and then, oh, let's grab for the, okay, it's Sunday morning, we got to get the, you know, go to the closet and get the God box out, because that's where we are right now. And then they go do that routine, and then they come back, and they put the God box back in the closet until the next time. And this is like the worst possible way to live your life, because the Lord is not you can't put him in a box, for one thing. You know is you need him 24-7, just like the name of the show. We need this God, like, we need him all the time. He needs to be sitting next to us in the car. He needs to be, you know, when we're in a situation with our spouse that we're trying to work through and with our children and our coworkers and our bosses. I mean, we need this God all the time because, well, for one thing, it's getting too evil out there to do anything without God. And honestly, I don't know how these Christians who do not embrace God on a 24-7 relationship are doing it apart from that. I, I'm sure that it is not going well for them. And they're wondering why. I mean, their marriages might be failing they are in just very difficult circumstances, and they're, you, they're wondering, why is this happening to me? Well, because you're not talking to God. You're just, you know, seeing him once or twice a week. Yeah, you, we need him. You know, he said himself, you know, you, apart from me, you can do nothing. Right. And so, and, and Jesus said that. So, you know, um, we got to take the time to spend with him. And mm-hmm. even if it's a sacrifice, you know, sacrifice right. a little bit of sleep or, you know, go to bed, you know, a little bit later or, or ch- switch up your day, you know, mm-hmm. to where you mm-hmm. have that time reserved for God, you and God time. Amen. It's a date every day, you know, and I've mm-hmm. given you guys my schedule and what I used to do. And, you know, it's the same thing when you're in the ministry full time too. you, you know, I could, oh, right. Right, totally. Susan? Totally. Amen to that. Yeah, I could be, just because you're in the ministry working for God, doesn't mean that you have this amazingly strong, close relationship with him. You should, <laughs> because you are, are are an example for other people. So even more reason to be close with him, to get up in the mornings with him, to uh, spend that extended time with him if you are in ministry. And I get it because ministry is a huge responsibility and it does take time. And there are some days where I'm busier in the ministry than I ever was with a full-time job, you know, because my job never ends. Right, Susan? Our jobs don't end. No, it never ends. And it's, it's seven days a week and then some. Yeah, it's not eight to five, you guys. (laughs) Right, right. But I mean, here is something else. When you are compartmentalizing God into, you know, something that you only tap into once or twice a week, here's the problem. Uh, We're living in a time where the enemy is running amok and people are fighting these imaginations 
and like the Bible says, we need to cast these imaginations down because, boy, people are really going with their imaginations. I mean, look at the fear factor in the world right now. And, you know, people are, are getting these thoughts of what if this, what if that, and this might happen, and I better do this because this is going to happen. Well, most of that is, you know, inspired by the enemy because the Bible says it. The Bible says that we need to cast down these imaginations, and God doesn't just say that for anything. He knows how the enemy works and how he's going to come in and try to torment us Like every day you're going to have thoughts of things that will come up that are tormenting. And uh, the minute you sense that something is tormenting you, you got to know that's not coming from God because God is not a tormentor. The enemy is, however, and you've got to be ready to cast down those imaginations at all times. And so without this close tie, this close relationship with the Lord, then we can't handle what the enemy can throw at us. That's right. You got to take on the full armor of God every day. And in order to do that, you need God. Ephesians Right. He's got to be six. part of the equation. Yeah. Exactly. And and you'll be prepared. You know, if, if you're constantly in front of God, not constantly, but you know what I mean. You're with God mm-hmm. every day. You're in his face, you know, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. when those challenging times do come, they're not going to be as hard. It won't be like you fighting the world because it'll be God's right. fight and he'll fight for you. Right. And when you're right. in those tough situations, you know, um, oh, yeah. he, you know, you'll, scripture will come up into your heart, into your spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit, I believe. And it'll comfort you. Um, you know, for instance, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all uh-huh. your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That'll sprint up in your mind. Why? Because you've been reading the word of God, you know, right. and, or other scriptures. And because you've been in God's face, you've been in front of him, you've been on your knees, uh-huh. you've been praying to him. Right. And like I said, the enemy uses these terrible thoughts that we have about our selves and family members and jobs and everything that this is torment and it's not of god and you need to call it as it is i mean you just have to go no that's not coming from god i'm not receiving that and just fight it with the scripture that you know no weapon formed against me shall prosper even the thoughts of the enemy right that that's weapon. right yeah he will try to enter whisper in your ear with all kinds of thoughts especially when you're when you're going through a trial oh boy he has a party in in your mind you know during those trial times and yeah you got to cast down those imaginations and renew your mind more reason to be in the word right and just like the scripture says resist the devil and he will flee and so we have to walk away quickly from these evil thoughts and if you're not in tune with the Lord, you're not going to be so easily able to take on the enemy. And boy, this is what causes people so many mental difficulties. Oh, brother, Pete, this is the age of, of depression and, um, you know, leading up to even suicide in many cases. Or people allow these thoughts to just take them over and... You know, this is no joke. This is serious stuff that people are dealing with every day. Uh, P T 
PTSD and just terrible things that uh, are leading people into living miserable lives, which God never meant us to live like that. He meant for us to walk with him and have a close relationship with him and to learn of him and to know that these are lies from the enemy that are being told to us. God never meant for us to live in, you know, with spirits of worry and fear that are consuming people now. It's just, it's off the charts what's going on right now. So it really is. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to stop at this point and we'll pick this up next week, next time when we go into part two of this important information about the difference between the church, the Bride of Christ, and the lukewarm church. Thank you so much, Susan, for partnering with me on this and for uh, bringing this document for everybody. This has been such a blessing, so thank you very much. Well, thanks for being part of it as well, and so we can talk about it, discuss it, and help others understand where God's coming from, Dina. Amen. So important, especially at a time like this. And I want to thank all of you for watching. And if you have any questions, you know, please do leave your comments below this video. And speaking of that, you can find this in our playlist. Um, I will also have copies of this on BitChute and Rumble. And Deanna will also be creating podcasts for us on Anchor and Google and Spotify and Apple. So you can find that there. And um, Susan, is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, just to watch and uh, like, subscribe, and share <laughs> if you can. That's what we ask is please share because we are too busy doing this work to really uh, send it out to others. But we know that you can, if you just know one person you think that might be blessed by what we're doing, that'd be great. Just share it. That's all we can ask of you. Yes, yes, you guys. Hit that share button and um Thank you again for watching and stay tuned for part two. God bless everyone.